always uh, open to watching. Uh, that go on? Yep. Uh, uh, the news, but my goodness, this is, uh, you come away depressed and grieving and uh, there's a lot happening. So anyway, uh, I just want to encourage you that uh, this is probably the best time ever to be focusing on hope and reminding ourselves in this right now, present day. And so I just encourage you that this is the last message in this, that you'll hear more about hope this year but particularly in, in this four-week series. I would love to, to spend weeks after weeks on this because there is just so much to unravel, but we just need to move on to some other areas. Can I remind you also, please, that uh, next week on the 23rd, we're going to be having communion. And so I just encourage you to bring... Uh, you can bring your own emblems for those who may prefer to do that, but other, is it next week? The week, the week after. Is it two weeks away? Okay, thank you. I just, I just said what I said, and I'm like, that didn't calculate right. <laughs> On the 23rd, anyway, uh, we're going to be having communion. So can I encourage you to bring an emblem? We will have some uh, special emblems, which are the little cup and the biscuit, the wafer, and they're going to have a little, they're all sealed, so they'll be available for you. But for those who maybe find it might be just a little bit tricky, uh, we encourage you to bring your own emblems. And uh, some, of our, some of the pastors last week were talking that there's probably people who prefer that to bring their own because they'll, they'll probably put a little bit extra in the juice, if you know what I mean. <laughs> they may not even bring just a, they may have, so if you bring your, your stainless steel cast thing, well, it's obviously it's a no-brainer what's going on there. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time this morning. And uh, as the songs remind us that you are in the midst, you are with us and Sometimes we don't feel that, but we know that it is true. Uh, we know it, but our heart sometimes doesn't feel that. And we learn those lessons from David. So help us, Lord, to, to live, uh, not in the past, but to live in the present with, with a uh, hopeful expectation of the future. And we thank you for all that you are speaking to us through in this series, that we would be uh, not just hearing messages and forgetting them, but somehow Holy Spirit, you will apply certain words or ideas or thoughts or undertones, whatever it is, that we will remember the important parts we need to remember out of this series. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Well, it is my hope that God has spoken to you in some way through this series, and I pray for our present time and how it is. Uh, it is different for all of us, and so I do pray that would be the case. It is also my desire that you would discover and have, have discovered how good God is, that you're reminded how good he is in the midst of it. And he is not far from you when we say that. He is with you. It's also my expectation that we would learn how to lean in. And so this message is going to help us to, to draw from Jesus, from his presence, his strength, his hope, his love, his grace, his mercy. And that is certainly what we are aiming for. Hope is for a purpose. So let hope arise is, is that we have to do something about it. Hope is not for nothing. It has meaning. It has significance. And it can stir our hearts and sway our hearts for uh, uh, the times that we live in. Hope is that positive and potent spiritual practice. I believe the practice of hope is, is a spiritual discipline but we'll talk about those things later on in the year. With the power to help us be reminded that through difficult times, God is 
with us. Psalm 42, 43 illustrate this battle of hope in our daily life, in our challenging of opposing forces or opposition, pain or even darkness in the sense of not knowing what is going on. In spite of what is going on around about us, what are we to do? Well, we learn to put our hope in God. And so can I really emphasise that let hope arise is, is more about us than God. It's, it's more about uh, what we choose to do, what we choose to lay hold of. We're going to jump around a little bit today in Hebrews, so bear with me, uh, just to set this particular thought process up. In Hebrews 6, 10 to 12, it says this. I'm just going to have a drink. Turn to the person, I was going to say next to you, but turn to the person in the room, say hello. (laughs) 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 Hebrews 6, 10 and 12 says this, for God is not unjust, or we could just stop on that, can we? To forget your work and labour of love which you have shown towards his name in that you have ministered to the saints and do minister, and we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to the assurance of hope until the end. Did you not become sluggish, but imitate those through faith and patience, inheriting or inherit the promises. This is a very powerful chapter. Chapter 6 is, is a very controversial chapter if, you, if we look at the fact that it talks about going away from the milk, Christians who are believers who are on the milk or in the elementary understandings and teachings of, of Scripture, that they are to go from milk to meat. And so this is talking in this context of, of people losing their faith, of people who are, um, are lost. This is my interpretation of that anyway. There's, there's a lot, there's some fors and against with that, but I believe it's a really great reminder and it's a really great discipleship chapter when we talk about our responsibility to follow God. So we're going to just lean on this a little bit this morning and there's a couple of other areas that we want to look at. We, we read in verse 11 and 12 to press on and not become sluggish. But now it seems to something has shifted. The battle is described in terms of hope, not just in terms of love and service. And so show the same diligence or due diligence to the full assurance of hope. So there's something a little bit happening here. Sometimes we ordinarily think of hope, it is expressing uncertainty. But this is not the biblical hope that we are reading about. This biblical hope speaks of to hope, to expect, to long for, to anticipate, to desire. And one of the main things I can help show you this morning is that through biblical hope is not just something we desire as in good, something good for the future, but rather biblical hope is the confident expectation and desire for something good in the future. Who knows that we are living in a day and age that that needs to ring home very loud and clear. We need hope that is confident, a confident expectation and desire for something good in the future to happen and occur. Here are a couple of thoughts for you. Number one, if you just read what I read, we need to look to experience the full assurance of hope. I've got to wonder sometimes that when I've seen different people, and as a a Christian, we are on a journey, and so I've never arrived. I don't know it all. I'm still learning, and we're all on that journey. 
And there's a sense where we can say, well, I've got enough of hope and I've got enough of love and I've got enough of faith and I've got all these, so I'm, I've got my quota, I understand, I'm good. No, the Bible's speaking here of full assurance, actually speaks of full assurance of love and full assurance of hope. And so the elements, the degrees of which we can actually possess hope. And so there are some I've met over the years, and I've been there too, where there's been a, a hope, a gradual hope, a hope that's not at this place of full assurance. But the scripture is teaching us and is showing us that we are to what? It says this in verse 11, and we desire. Assuming Paul is writing this, he's, he's talking about having this desire is a driving passion that each one of you show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope. We have to do something about the hope that we carry. We are vessels, and so it, it determines not by what God wants to pour out, but what we want him to pour out and what we want to lean into, how much we want to bear, how much we want to carry, how much we want to know of this full assurance of hope, to be full. It means fully assured. I hope that is brought its full measure or complete satisfaction. So there's hope, but there's a fullness of hope. There's like when you go, uh, we, we love going to a uh, Christmas tree farm. What's it called again? Raspberry Hills. We love there. And remember you could get those little raspberries in the chocolate and you could, it was just, it was just a nice stop off just to get one of them, wasn't it? Nothing else. Like, we didn't do that. We we buy coffee and whatnot. But there's that sample and you get that one and you, and then you don't have to, you don't have to buy a pack. You don't have to do anything else. But it's there for your, yeah, some of you laugh because you know we all think that. Okay, we're just, we all got in there. I can just see you smiling. So some of you have already just assumed on the way I'll just have that chocolate uh, raspberry. Uh, I heard actually what they put in it makes it, which is a special sauce, a special secret recipe, but I can't tell you. Otherwise, I think I might, you may never see me again. But if it's true, um, but they're so delicious. But, but this is like what happens with hope. We have this little glimmer, but we can have the whole lot. We can have more. So there's this full assurance of hope. Is hope your satisfaction? Two thoughts about this hope, just in this context. This hope is a catalyst that sets the, belief, the best of a believer immovable in Christ. How good is this? Won't be in the notes there. And then second thought is that this hope is a catalyst that this hope holds us to the end. It keeps us to the end. And this word here is used not in an interim of time like we can sometimes feel, but having a purpose or design. There's a lot in there. We could unpack that. So we need to learn that there is an expression of full assurance of hope. We need to live and lean into that. We need to put hope on and we need to say, I want as much hope as I need and I can possess. And you choose how much hope is evident in your life. There's another thought here as well. Hebrews 6.12 implies that hope and faith are almost identical. Isn't that interesting? Notice the connection in verse 11 says, go hard after full assurance of hope. So that what? Verse 12, that you do not become sluggish, but imitate those through faith and patience, the promises that are before us. As a result of our pursuit of hope, is that you will be like those who through faith and patience possess the promises. So we have faith, hope, and patience working in the midst of this. 
But there's something interesting about this. I would like to suggest that faith is a larger idea than just of hope, but it's very difficult to separate them. Hope, uh, Piper says, is part of faith that focuses on the future. And so we're going to have a look at that and unpack that now. So what do we need? We need to put hope on. But essentially, this is, this is the, the sense of today. Put hope on how? By leaning in, by being due diligent towards possessing the full assurance of hope, characterising that, doing what we need to do. Spiritual disciplines, right focus, right thinking. We looked at those things over the weeks. As a summary, this is what we need to do. Number two, recognise that hope does not disappoint. If you, if you hope, it will not disappoint. If you put your hope in Christ, you will not be disappointed. Romans 5.5 5 says, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured into our hearts. Hallelujah. By the Holy Spirit who was given to us. This word uh, does not disappoint means to dishonor or disgrace, to shame or be deceived. In Hebrews 11.1 1, we get the definition of faith. Faith is what? Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The things that are not yet presently or seen. So this, I believe, could be the closest definition of faith in the New Testament and hope being interwined with this. Here's a, here's a paraphrase, possibly. Wherever there is full assurance of hope, there is faith. Not just hope. But faith. So when there's full assurance of hope, there is the expression of faith. Faith is the full assurance of hope. Think about that. You can't have hope without faith and faith without hope. That's the reality of it. That's what Scripture teaches us. That is biblical faith. And so we're preparing to understand this, and I'm going through this fairly quickly in the time that we need to give it, because there's a lot here, and we see this from Genesis to Revelation of the understanding of this, this marriage, this, this, this connection uh, of faith and hope. And can I say love? In fact, I would actually say that faith, hope, and love are, I, w- I think we should characterize them as spiritual disciplines. But that's for another subject, I think personally. Sometimes we don't think love is a spiritual discipline. That is, or faith, or even love. But they have their purpose and they have their work that they need to do within us. See, but unfortunately, not unfortunately, but considering all this, faith is more than, than just faith. It is the conviction of things not seen. It's pointing towards the future, but not always. So while hope seems to, as the aspect, and you'll see the slide, we put the slide up now. Sorry, I'm not really great at slides, but this is the best I could come up with. You see faith there. Faith, is, faith, is, faith and hope are, are together. Here it is, defining it as one. Uh, we've got faith. Faith looks at the past, the present, and the future. But if we include hope in that, hope is dominant to the future. Hope is not for the, for the past, or, or it, it can be for the present, but it's mostly when you understand it biblically, hope is always pointed to the hope of what's going to come, what will be, uh, the promise of Scripture, etc., etc. And you can see that there. So there's the, there's the best way I, could, I can diagram that, where that yellow bit of faith, there's hope pointing towards the future, directed towards the future. I hope that helps just a little bit. Not a great diagram, but I'm not great on diagrams. Hey, I can't be perfect at everything. <laughs> 
Faith is evident in the past and present and the future. It includes hope, but is more than hope. And we know that's important because in Hebrews uh, chapter 11, verse 3, it says, by faith we understand that the world was created. So how do we accept things? It is by faith. You and I today are saved because our faith in what Jesus did 2,000 years ago. So our faith is, is evident of what has happened in the past, what is happening now, and then when we lean to the future element of it, it, it really encompasses the hope side of faith. If that makes sense. Maybe someone else could make better sense of that than me. There is no faith without hope and no hope without faith. So we need to understand. Did you notice that faith, hope and love have this sort of Trinitarian sort of relationship? In Colossians 1.5 it says this, the faith and love that spring from the hope stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel. Oh, there's a lot here about the gospel. So powerful. See, the faith and the love that spring from the hope. So even, even the connection there with hope and then love springing up from this sense of uh, hope that we possess, that we carry, but also love being included there. When this hope is fully realized in us, this full assurance of hope, this hope that we grasp, this hope that we put on. Friends, we have to do this until the day Jesus comes back or the day, we are, the day that we die, to our last breath. There needs, this needs to be what we need to aim for. We need to be asking ourselves, am I living a life with the expression of full assurance of hope? We need to ask that. We need to ask ourselves that and remind ourselves that this hope does not let us down. It does not. It does not. Sometimes we hope for things that are not in reality, are not true to the scenario. And so we can say, well, I'm hoping for this, but it didn't happen. I've been hoping every week that North Melbourne would win. <laughs> I need more than hope for that. Oh, my goodness. I think they play today, 5, 5.50 or something. Oh, dear, I don't know if I can watch it. Lord, give me grace. I need more grace for that. Anyway, here we keep moving. Uh, tigers aren't looking too bad there. Hey, just. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think someone was saying last night that it was like the, the pre-final, wasn't it? The pre-grand final. Anyway, I'll keep moving along because people are looking like. Number three, hold tight to your hope. You see what we've got to do? When we think that this hope is just some airy-fairy sort of emotion or some idea or concept, no. You and I, we have to take hold of it. To let hope arise, you and I have to, and I've seen amazing people go through the most horrific situations, and I've wondered, how do you do that? I don't know how I would respond. How do you do that? Because their relationship with Jesus is ever flowing with this sense of faith, hope, and love that binds it all together. The faith and love that spring from the hope stored for you in heaven. So we hold on tight. Hebrews 10, 23. We went to Hebrews 6, Hebrews 11, and now Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. 
There's a pattern here. And as you, uh, and let us each consider one another and stir each other, uh, stir up our love and good works. Look at this. Uh, let us hold fast, or it means hold tightly. To keep secure, keep firm, possession of, hold it. Like you're holding someone hanging over the edge of a cliff. You are not going to just hold on lightly. You're like, you are just white-knuckled grip. This is what we're going to do. Hold on tightly. Just hold fast to the confession of our hope. What we're saying. Because it's reflecting what we're feeling, what we're thinking. Watch our words. It talks about retaining, seizing, staying, taking, withholding. Notice hope is something that we should not waver in. Why? Because we learn that hope is rooted in the faithfulness of God, but in the goodness of God. Knowing that God is good is our encouragement. Knowing that God is good. So we hope because not because of circumstances change. We hope because God does not change. He cannot change. His methods in dealing with us change, but the God that we read in Genesis is the same God we read in Revelation. And right in the middle, it's the same God for us. The same expression, the same understanding. So while we look at hope and we're looking biblically at the understanding, the intrinsic nature, the DNA of hope, we're going to do something about it. Remember, Jesus came to die to give us hope. In verse 23, it says that uh, for he who promised is faithful. We're to guard our hope in every circumstance. There are things that can cause us to lose hope. Circumstance, even news, even watching the news, you can be having a great day and watch the news for a little bit and you can just feel like hope draining. You can feel despair coming over. You can hear sadness and loss and, and uncertainty as people share what's going on in their world. You, you see what's happening in Victoria, but around the globe, Lebanon, my goodness, it looked like an atomic bomb went off. The different footage I've seen, it's like unheard of. I actually heard something this morning, I don't know if this is true, but I actually believe a child might have actually been playing there, not the government, because there's been all this protest now about the corruption, there's actually a child, I'm, I'm not sure on the age, but they're saying that a child may have been responsible because they also had fireworks stored in that area. And so obviously what you do when you're a kid, you go look at the fireworks. I know I would. <laughs> the ten shot, you know. Anyway, there's another story. But I just wonder what happened there. And it's tragic how they stored, how they did things, but this is the world that we live in. And people now are being displaced up to 300,000, potentially, plus more. 150-something have lost their lives. Just, but where's the hope? They're crying out. They're, they're not trusting their government for the corruption. And so there are people there. There are Christians there. There are people there who are trying to spread the good news in a place where there's just no place for good news to land. You just look around and your heart breaks. We don't get that. We live so far away from it. So it's hard for us sometimes to really be grounded in hope because we don't really need a lot of it. Because life's not too bad. We can meet together where others can't. We, we have meat on our shelves, just for those who are meat eaters. 
other places in Victoria don't. There's, it, there's always someone worse and there's always going to be someone better. It's not about comparison. It's about holding tight to the hope that we have for the hope that we need. In 1 Peter 5, 8, it says, Be sober and alert. Your enemy, the devil, like a roaring lion, uh, is on the prowl looking for someone to devour. Resist him strong in the faith. This, this roars means to intimidate. Life can be intimidation, intimidating. Circumstances can be intimidating. Conversations can be intimidating. It goes on to say to spread confusion with his antics. So we're always in this place of opposition. The enemy is always opposing God's people and humanity for that instance. And we are to hold fast. It speaks about resist him. Be sober and alert. Your enemy resist him. He's looking at someone to devour. This word means to destroy completely and utterly, to swallow up. When I read this, the first thought that came back to me, and I know, was the story of Red Riding Hood. You know, I've Go see grandma, and, and then the wolf comes and says, hello, Red Riding Hood, what are you up to? And I'm going to see grandma. Oh, that's very nice. Where does grandma live? Oh, just down the woods there, and you know the story. And, and, uh, and obviously she gets there, but grandma doesn't look like grandma anymore. Okay, this is what this, this enemy does. He, he's devouring. He wants to swallow, take, destroy, ruin. We need to understand where we are vulnerable to attack, and we need to stay alert. And hope is pivotal. I've read a lot of stories of those who suffered in concentration camps. Why, why would you read something like that? Because I'm reading about the stories of those who survived. I'm reading about those, and when you look at those who survived, what they wrote was this, that they, they had a picture in their head of, of being from this place, beyond the concentration camp, beyond the confines and the imprisonment. Their hope was that one day they would be reunited with their family or loved ones, that they would dream that they will, they will have children and, and grandchildren. And that hope gave them enough to keep living in the most worst circumstances ever. Hope is not for the faint-hearted. We need to take it. We need to possess it. We need to walk and understand its, its makeup in the full assurance of hope. Let's not let the devil consume us. We have to operate our hope and our faith in Jesus. Remember, Jesus broke the chains so we could be free, that we could walk and live in this hope. So here's our close. Put our hope in God. Put your hope in God. We've got to do it. We've been there with the circumstances like, how do I hope right now in this? But you have to. You have to try. You have to at least try. God will meet you. He will not let you down. We need to live this place of full assurance of hope, this abundance of hope, this certainty and satisfaction, this maturing of hope in our lives. We need to recognize that hope does not disappoint. We can get disappointed, but it's not, that wasn't hope's problem. That was maybe our problem. Hope does not disappoint. And we need to hold tightly to our hope. Don't throw it away. Don't throw it away. Why? Because it has a great reward. Jesus is hope personified. And may we each learn every day in this, this time to surrender our lives to Jesus, 
to place, as we heard before this morning in worship, to place our hands out and to surrender and say, Lord, I need you. Help me. Put your hope and faith in Christ. We need to do that. Who is the saviour of the world and we don't look back. Friend, this is an amazing encouragement and message to each of us in this series. What are we going to do? Let hope arise. How do we do it? We put hope on. We put it on. Put it on as a garment. Choose to be hopeful. Because we don't know what's next. We don't know what will change, what will ebb and flow. We've got no idea. But one thing we do know is that Jesus is still on the throne. He has not left the throne. He is on the throne. And may we take hope in that. He has promised us that we will get through it, whatever it is, even if it costs us our lives. See, we like hope, but it ends with a fairy tale story. But sometimes it reads that we, we know that those of faith hope to the very end, even if their lives were lost in the process. You know, today people are losing their lives. Many Christians, in fact, the highest persecuted people on the planet, are losing their lives daily because of their hope in Jesus. So they, they're the ones who should be preaching this. But we're, they're not here. I'm here. This is the reality of it. Let us pray. I can say so much more. Heavenly Father, we pray today that you would encourage us and remind us of this blessed hope, this blessed assurance. We thank you for your grace and mercy and kindness and goodness. We need you. And Father, help us when we look to our own strength or even the strength of others, which is fine, but ultimately our hope has to rest in you. So help us to do that so practically and so vividly in very simple expressive terms. The little things really do matter. So help us to trust you, release faith, walk in hope and confident expectation. In this we pray. And everyone said? Amen. Thank you.